The world as you know it has ended. The worlds as you don't know them yet, they're waiting with open arms. This is the Durgans and Dargans podcast. Welcome to Durgans and Dargans. We are a D&D podcast for the whole family, as long as your whole family is into intense, bloody adventures. We take Dungeons and Dragons seriously, but we're not about to teach your six-year-old any unfortunate vocabulary words. I'm your Dungeon Master, Ben, and joining me today is Charles. I'm Charles. I'm playing Grunel's surname, the Human Wizard. Also joining me today is Aaron. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'll be playing Darren Buccaneer, the Minotaur Sorcerer. And joining me again, as always, is Matt. This is Matt, and I'm playing Jet, the Gnome Fighter. Now, uh, a quick recap before we begin. Having found all of the items that you were sent into the junk universe to find, you are now free to return to the junction and Professor Absentine with your findings, provided he is still alive and remembers who you are after so much time has passed. Remember, in the Wizard's Tower, certain time passed. You're not sure how much. Uh, at this point, you guys have defeated the trash worm. You, well, two of the three of you, have feasted on the flesh of the giant trash worm uh, after fighting alongside the Salvagian nomads. And after having had that uh, eye-opening encounter, you guys uh, wake up from your sleep the next morning. The Salvagian nomads packed up and left during the night. And uh, you guys are free to go wherever you want in this universe or any other. Question, did that count as a long rest? Yes, you are all rested. Uh, Darren and Jet. I am no longer halfway to death. Uh, Runel was way more than halfway. <laughs> uh, good, you guys have to feel like there's real risk here. Um, yeah, Darren and Jet, you guys also have those spells that you learned, which I realized later and just tickled me pink that by accident, I gave you both spells that require a dump stat to use. It's pretty great. And that just makes me so happy. I keep forgetting and like I'll keep forgetting that I have like eight wisdom until I like, oh yeah, I'll do a perception check. Wait, negative one. Uh, you guys wake up in the morning. In the wasteland of Salvagian Moss, the junk universe, your mission completed. What are you going to do? I guess we head back. Hopefully we don't run into anything uh, too miserable. Oh, jeez, that was... That was a night. Um, oof. Ow. It's, shit shocks himself again. Where'd that come from? Oh, right. You got shocking grasp. I totally forgot about that. You just like, so you just wake up by like statically shut, you like go to rub your face and just yourself awake. It's like when, it's like when your kids and your, your, one of your siblings has braces and then you put a battery on it. It's like that. It's like, ah! Yeah, it's like that, Aaron. No, it wasn't me. That was Samuel. (laughs) Oh shoot. That's where that memory came from. I plead my innocence. It was one of the brothers. It was not me. Okay. Fair enough. And I know that Steven put you up to it, but... It wasn't! (laughs) Moving right along. Whichever one of you it was, whichever one of you it was, I do want to remind you guys that you have the boots of power walking that you discovered in the magical stone of rain detection. Rain! So if you guys all 
don these rings of power walking, you would be able to return to the junction entrance fairly quickly. I guess behind us is the direction we go, but yeah, so I'm assuming we just go backwards. Just retrace our steps. Let's just not go through that maze again. Um, You guys, I will say that you guys generally went in pretty much the same direction the whole way. You went, for lack of a better reference point, you went northeast pretty much the whole time. So you know if you go southwest, you kind of vaguely know the direction you came from. If you head in a direct line that way, you're likely to find a reference point that will get you back to the entrance. The entrance was on this gigantic mountain of trash that seemed more solid than the rest of these amorphous piles of trash. So if you can get to a tall pile of trash, you might be able to see the mountain of trash on which is the entrance. Well, there's no time like the present. Might as well get uh, moving. Just get a move on. All right, you three don your rings of power walking and you find yourself filled with a zesty energy that just, boom, sends you guys power walking away and you start covering the ground really quickly. Uh, I am going to roll this, this a quick encounter check here. Correct. It just gives us like an extra 10 feet. It like quadruples your walking speed, but it only works when there is not a serious threat nearby. So we got to find out if there's a serious threat nearby. Interesting. You don't slow down. That means there's not a serious threat nearby. You guys power walk and what had taken you a day and a half to travel takes you about two hours and you end up cresting a large ridge of trash and you see ahead of you the mountain with the entrance on top of it in a grimy, greasy, gray-brown world, you see this gleaming, white, pillared, almost Parthenon-looking hallway on top of the mountain, uh, gleaming even in the gray light of Salvagian Moss. And you are able to make your way back across the River of Trash with no further incident. We'll say that you take very special care this time, casting your lines and tying your ropes. You make it all the way back up to the entrance, you walk down it, and seemingly a hundred paces into this endless gleaming hallway, you are walking out of an endless gleaming hallway into the junction. You walk into the same room that you left however long ago. There's a giant cannon that is firing off globes of trash into Salvagian Moss, and there's two desks. One with a bored-looking bureaucrat sitting behind it for the Bureau of Universal Transport Services and outgoing customs, and another with two bored-looking bureaucrats sitting behind it and identifying signs for butts and the IRS. Well, uh, buttes, they prefer to be called. As you walk back into this room, the bored-looking bureaucrat from the Bureau of Universal Transportation lazily waves you over and says, he says, eh. So he looks at you and says, Universal ID amulets, please. I give him mine. Uh, He looks at them and he looks a little puzzled and he starts flipping through a book and he starts flipping back through several pages and then several dozen pages and then after about 40, 50 pages, he finds you your names and goes, oh, 
Oh, well, this is annoying. It seems you three were declared dead. Um, well, as you can see, we are all yeah, quite Yeah, you're going to want to belay that. That's, uh, un- undo that. That's... Yeah, you're going to... Uh, say what now? You see, given that it's a very dangerous universe, uh, if someone is gone for any length of time, uh, in perhaps another universe like you know, the gnome universe or something, you would assume that you'd gone native and lived there, but it's it's a junk universe. So if you've been there for longer than five months, you are uh, declared dead. So are you sure you're not dead? Quite. Um, are you could could you become dead in order to fit your description of immigration? I'd prefer not to, at least. I would much prefer you update your records. Oh. Rather than vice versa. Ah, okay. I will submit the form to have you declare... How do you feel about being declared undead? I know that there's certain spells and conditions that would start to affect us, so I'd rather not that either. Just just undo the dead rather than undeading. Okay. All right. And he, he reaches under the desk and starts flipping through this giant folder of forms. He picks out a form, one for each of you, and says, sign here, please. And points to the an area that says your name here. Uh, and he starts filling out this lengthy, lengthy form. While he's doing that, the bureaucrat from the IRS side of the booth looks over and goes, Hello. Uh, taxes, please. Uh, I'm sorry, do you tax the dead? Because currently I'm still quite dead. (laughs) Oh, oh, we tax everybody. Doesn't matter if you're dead or not, you know? They say the only thing that you know for sure in life is death and taxes, but death is sometimes optional. I just thought taxes ended after death. Oh, absolutely not. Here you're here. You probably have some stuff from the junk universe and we'll take our portion of it. Now, the current rate is 120th rounded up to the nearest whole unit of what you have or an equivalent of 120th of it in gold pieces. Now, show me what you've got and we'll do some calculations. Uh, give us a minute, please. What do we do? I can't do, I can't do math. <laughs> I cast Charm Person. <laughs> you cast Charm Person on the IRS agent? Yes. In front of him? I mean, secretly. <laughs> okay, uh, so he makes, what is it, a charisma saving throw? Wisdom. Wisdom saving throw. Okay. Okay. Uh, so as you cast this, uh, his amulet of minor bureaucracy lights up. And he goes, ah, 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 none of that now. Up, oh, we're the IRS. Uh, we know all the tricks, so uh, taxes, please. Runel just waves his hand and says, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have droids? Because we'll take 120th of your droids. 120th of the... <laughs> if we only have one, will you take 120th of the droid? Oh, absolutely. All right. Um. Uh, or the gold equivalent of 120th of a droid. All right, well, give us just a minute, and I pull the other two back so we can try and talk privately. What, do I just give him money? Just, I don't know, I I don't want to deal with this guy. I'd like to punch him in the face, but that ain't going to go well, is it? 
Probably not. Uh, in an effort to speed up this conversation, uh, Runel, you would calculate that the onyx bricks are worth about 20 gold apiece. The uh, gems that you have are worth, uh, the, the edible gems that you have are worth about five gold apiece. And the, uh, the rings of power walking, you can probably get away with having concealed. You were, you were wearing them anyway. And so the, the things that are really like of monetary value would be the onyx bricks and the edible gems that you guys have. So how much how much gold is that total? That is 595 gold. So we owe him 30, we owe him 30 gold, right? What is 120? 29.7. So yeah, 29.7 gold. We each give him 10 gold. Okay. Oh, well, you guys have already rounded it up, so well done that. Uh, you're free to go. Thank you for paying your mandatory taxes. Are there any other kind? I suppose if you wanted to pay voluntary taxes, we wouldn't say no. See you in the next life. Jade is just walking away. If we were to make voluntary taxes, wouldn't that be a donation and thus tax deductible? We still like to think of it as a tax. Of course you do. It fits our paradigm better. So wait, we've been gone for well over five months then. I should have asked, hey, how long were we gone? You can still ask that. Yeah, uh, uh, butte officer, uh, uh, I'm sorry, butt officer, um, how long were we gone? (coughs) Look, if you're going to be rude, I'm not going to respond. I apologize, I can't name the, uh, butte, right? I got it right the first time? I'm sorry, I second guess myself. butte, yes, or boot, either way, Um, just not um, I apologize, butte, um, how long were we gone and presumed, uh, deceased? Because you said five months till deceased, and then how long after that? Uh, you were gone 361 days. Hmm? 361 days. It says that right here. Okay, then. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll be on our way. Are you sure you can't kill yourselves real quick just to make this paperwork easier on me? Afraid not. Ah, no one's willing to go the extra mile anyway. <laughs> uh, and as... as as he says that you guys start walking towards the back of the room and you are greeted by a small half-elven child. Uh, he looks to be about uh, 10 years of age. He has um, his kind of curly dark hair and nut brown skin. And actually, everyone roll a perception check. That's a six. <laughs> 17 for Runal. 11. Runal, you notice very subtle, almost uh, almost flesh tone for him, tattoos all over his exposed skin that seem like they are magical glyphs. And uh, he looks at you guys with bright eyes and a cheery smile and says, Hello, my name's Peace. Uh, I work for Professor Absentine. Uh, he knew that you were back and he said that you should follow me. And come see him. What, what do I notice? What do I know about the glyphs? Anything in particular? Uh, you would recognize that those glyphs are symbolic of magical powers that the the person who is wearing them or has them on them would would possess. Do I have any reason to be suspicious of them? Uh, everyone can roll inside if they want. Yeah. How about Arcana? 
Uh, to of be suspicious the of the yeah uh, the glyphs, you mean? Oh, yeah, you can roll Arcana. That doesn't seem right. Well, I got a one plus seven. Insight, I got a nineteen. Uh, Runel, you're not quite sure what to make of these glyphs. They don't seem like something that you studied in wizard school. However, Jet and Darren recognize this child as an open, trustworthy sort of person, and have made up their minds that, yeah, he probably works for Professor Yeah, Epstein. I just don't trust him because it's tattoos and it's outside of my uh, cultural comfort abilities. You don't like ten-year-olds with tattoos? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, my mom said it was okay. <laughs> Bruno had a very sheltered life and anything, you know, that seems exotic or unfamiliar he's going to be untrusting of anyway so bro you're you're walking next to a minotaur <laughs> okay do you mention the tattoos to him no i just look really uncomfortable and jet just starts staring staring at runel and just like look at me <laughs> it, it is it is canon that runel is a little afraid of jet hey all right all right kid show us the way oh great come on guys this way and uh he takes off at a brisk walk, almost a trot, uh, down a hallway. Does our boots of power walking, do we overtake him? Uh, yeah, like, easily so. You almost run into the back of him. He goes, oh, oh, hey, uh, that's a little fast. I, I, I can't... Well, actually, let's do this. And, uh, he pauses for a moment and presses his hands together, and there's a faint glow of energy around him, and then he starts walking very, very quickly, uh, and you guys are able to keep up with your boots of power walking. Is he a monk or a sorcerer? Do you ask him that? We could have just carried him. We could, yeah. <laughs> we could. We just have like, wait, we have to get a coat and we have to put the 10-year-old on Jet's shoulders and then we have to put the coat over the 10-year-old so he looks like a full-grown. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, he's a nine-year-old half-elven child. Like, he's probably larger than you are, Jet, in some ways. Not in all the ways. <laughs> yeah, his nose is smaller. We're going to go with well, that. I was talking about heart and vigor. <laughs> yes. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Anyway, you guys hasten through the halls, and he leads you uh, this time through the front access way and through the Junction University into Professor Absentine's compound that you recognize with a large blackstone room with a large blackstone building in the center of it. He uh, presses a button on the front door and uh, speaks into a little mouthpiece. Ah, uh, Professor, it's uh, it's me, Peace, and I've, I've brought, the, uh, brought the adventurers. They're still alive. Look at us. Oh, he knew that. So, yeah, the, the doorway opens, and he ushers you in and down a couple of hallways, and there is Professor Absentine in his uh, laboratory, and he seems utterly unsurprised to see all of you. And he says, oh, oh welcome back. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you survived your adventure. I'm very, very pleased. Uh, did you, were you able to find all of the things for which I sent you out? Fairly certain, unless uh, that order changed. Uh, no, there were... Three copper gears. Wait, I think I remember. Yes, uh, let me check my notes. Three copper gears, two onyx bricks, and half a pound of edible fungus. Yes, yes, for sure. And he consults a notebook. 
That definitely wasn't me just scrolling back through my Google document to try to see what that was. Um, yeah, he, he consults a notebook and says, Ah, yes, quite, quite correct. Have you brought these things back for me? Uh, yes. Well, can I see? Yeah, I, I, I'm like, my hand is still on the gears on the table, and I'm like, uh... Well, okay, yes, there's the gears, and, and the bricks, and the moss. Yeah, we, we give them everything. Okay, uh, you lay it out on the desk... And he looks over it, and he's he's thrilled. He says, oh, this is beyond, beyond what I asked you for, and you will be compensated for that. I, I appreciate an employee who takes initiative. Uh, this is clearly over a pound of the uh, uh, edible edible fungus and moss, so that's, that's quite good. Uh, for that, I will give each of you 200 gold. And uh, the, the copper gears? Ah. Uh, Excellent. Uh, for each for each of them, you will each have one hundred gold, and uh, the onyx bricks. You have five of them. Uh, well, well done for each of them. Uh, well, for all three of you, you may each have another two hundred gold uh, for finding these five bricks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ah. Uh, uh, I, I feel like I should owe you an explanation uh, in an effort to make this uh, quest seem less arbitrary and like a generic NPC side quest. That, that uh, would be nice. The moss is something that I wish to study in its relation to the junction because it is something natural and edible that is able to grow in multiple universes, and I will see if I can make it grow in the junction. The copper gears are something useful, and I want to take universal energy readings off of them when they are put to use in the junction, as opposed to in their original universe, as well as Salvagian moss where they were discarded. And the onyx bricks are for my collection of onyx bricks, and I am very, very happy to have more of them. <laughs> this collection of onyx bricks. That was like, very yes, good. I just Much like... less generic NPC fetch quest. Well, thank you for the context. <laughs> I look behind and we have... So we'll look back and be like, and there's just a whole house of Legos built out of Onyx. Whoa! <laughs> he wanted another obelisk. Um. <laughs> yeah, he um, he is just just over the moon with you guys, uh, and he says, ah, and and I am assuming from this universe you have other loot as well, uh, which I did not ask for and is yours to keep. I am not the IRS, and I do not care what you have. Ah. Uh, but what I will offer you is uh, the services of this young man, Peace, as a guide. He may take you through to places in the junction where you may sell some of your scavenged goods uh, and turn them into uh, fungible cash money. What are the salvage kits we have? Because I don't, I don't, like, I had that. I don't think I grabbed much else. Well, when you emptied your uh, uh, entire bag of holding onto the desk, uh, I noticed that you have a great many, uh, uh daggers. Oh, right, uh, those seem things to that you be, guys grabbed. Uh, nearly a hundred of them there, and there are these, uh, ooh, ed edible gemstones, uh, very, very minty, minty emeralds, and I, I believe that these are things that could potentially be, uh, sold to perhaps unique individuals that, uh, would turn your current monies into a larger figure. Great, guys. Now we go from the generic NPC side quest. Now time for the shopping episode. Yay! 
it is it is the shopping episode um but it's also a chance for me to show off different parts of the junction and this universe that i'm so very proud how much gold do you each have just i've got 650 now so wait a minute you 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 said like three numbers, Ben, but I was like, I'm waiting for the total because I couldn't keep track of any of that. You you oh. each got 500 gold, like 200, 100, 200. So each of you got 500 gold for completing Great. the mission. I'm at 840 now, and I don't know how I have so much more than... I've been tracking it online. I, I'm fairly certain that Jet only has 500 because Probably. he spent, spent every money. cent he had at... Um, the useful doodads and magical gear. Oh, that's true. We all did spend mm. different amounts. Because I bought a bag of tricks. That you have yet to use. Yes, I because I keep forgetting that I have it and what it does. Maybe. 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 We should read our character sheets before we record. Because it's always on there. I just keep... Well, that's the thing, though. I'm just doing doing my part in role-playing. I have an intelligence of three. I can't keep track of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Uh, if there is a shop or a place where you can buy and sell almost everything in the junction, Cobble's Tunnel advertises itself that it has a shop for every need, a store for every desire, and a boutique for every idle whim. And if something can't be sold there, oh, Peace can show you around. Ah, uh, he used to be what they call a, a junction rat. I'm assuming that's similar to a, uh, a street rat. Yes, quite. Uh, so, do you guys kind of want to commit to the shopping episode and go with Peace to all around the junction and sell your goods? Yep. I'm kind of thinking of buying some armor, so yeah. Okay. You you want to amass your, uh, your gold first, so Peace says, Oh, I can, uh, I can take you to some places uh, where you can... Well, sell what you've got here. Let me see. You've got uh, some daggers. Oh, oh, I know a guy for that. And, uh, oh, I have I have the perfect person for those edible gemstones. And um, what? you got this weird, funny-smelling meat. Does that do things to your brain? Sadly, yes. Great. I know someone for that one, too. Yes, it's, it's sandworm. This is not Dune. That is trash worm. It is legally distinct from sandworms. I apologize. I'm sorry. It is a trash worm. All right. So he uh, he takes you and he uh, once again casts haste on himself. And you guys go charging ah. off down the corridors until you end up back in Carpel's Tunnel. And he takes you to a shop that you noticed once before called Florist's Bakery. And he uh, raps on the wall outside of the service window it says hey uh florist florist uh i have some friends here and they are looking to sell uh some some edible gemstones i know you use those sometimes so uh you want to buy some and an old very very old wood elf pokes her head out of the service window and you know as an elf to look old you've got to be really old there's no telling how old she is and she says hmm Edible gemstones? I think we might be able to <clears throat> work out something. Uh, let's see. What what kind have you got? I don't know. I haven't tasted them. Uh, gentlemen, please uh, inform Madame Bakery uh, what we have uh, edible gemstone-wise. Uh, Jet, you know that they taste like peppermint because you ate one. I, that's right. I should know that. <laughs> eat so many rocks, after a while they start to blend together. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like Jetch is just reaching his hand <laughs> into the bag of holding, just like, oh, let's see. And it's, it's like that, like, you know, in cartoons when things just like, you start reaching to a bag, but then just random junk starts throwing out. It's like, nope, not that. Nope, not that. Well, <laughs> there's that. knives, there's ladders, there's, you have a lot of stuff in there right now. We had like, yeah. what, 50, 15 foot ladders? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Stuff is just clattering on the floor. It's like, oh, found it. Whatever. Whatever it was that we got. <laughs> uh, she she looks at them and picks one up and gives it a little sniff and goes, Hmm, you know, that's that's very good. Uh, these are these are very high quality peppermint emeralds. And hmm I think I would be inclined to give you one gold apiece for these. Take it. You have like what, ninety nine of them still? Yeah. She looks at you kind of expectantly. Well, I have no hold of these things. Uh, I believe it's up to uh, Chet and... Well, hold on. Could you do two gold apiece? Hmm. Uh, make a persuasion check with advantage. Fifteen. Uh, she says, oh, yeah, I, I could do... I could do two gold apiece. You guys get the vibe that you could have haggled for a lot more than that, but you lowballed, and she was okay with that. So she... Uh, says, uh, yeah, come inside and we'll and we'll make the trade. Uh, you, she opens a kind of like a side door to her bakery, and inside you see uh, four different uh, multicolored sun lamps in very like earthy, woody tones, like leaf green and things like that. Runel, you see a bunch of runes carved in her oven that are transmutation runes. And she beckons you in and goes into a back room for a bit and then brings out uh, a purse of money and says, Ah, uh, well, yes, here, uh, for, for 99 total, and they all seem to be in good condition, uh, we'll do, uh, let's see here. 188. 190? 98. 198. 198. Ha ha ha. You almost cheated yourself again. Uh, yes, yes, we will do uh, 198 gold, uh, which... You three are free to split into... 66 apiece. I knew that. Ben, Ben the dungeon master, the English major, he knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, she counts that out and looks a little fondly at Peace and tousles his hair and says, These ones seem all right, Peace. I know some of your friends I have my doubts about, but these ones, eh, you could do worse. I appreciate that. She, she smiles at you with, like age and wisdom but also with like a little bit of a a little bit of an impish tease you get the sense that she has a sense of humor she also says given that you are here and you seem willing to uh do some buying and selling and wheeling and dealing uh for friends of peace i have a uh a special deal i'm offering uh i have a new telepathy chip cookie big pardon uh, 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 well, it's a cookie that if you and uh, up to four total people each eat a piece of this cookie, you can communicate telepathically for up to 12 hours. The engineer part of my brain is running rampant while the, the, the Darren Buccaneer part of my brain is like, Cookie, how does that work? <laughs> cookie! <laughs> How much for the cookie? Um, well, I only have the one of them, but I could let it go for ten gold. That Sold. seems way underpriced. Yeah, no, I was expecting like three hundred. I I feel I feel a little bad, given that 
I spent less than 200 gold on the um, on the gemstones. So that's definitely the um, discounted price. It's also a, a new uh, item. Uh, I may not have worked out so all the kinks. So there's no guarantee of it working? It, it will work. I can't guarantee without more extensive testing what the side effects will be based off your individual digestions. We'll just save that for now. Uh, when did you bake this? I'm looking for uh, an expiration date. If you keep it in uh, this little box here, and she, she hands you a little a little wooden box, she says, it, it will keep for about a week. Okay. And Peace uh, smiles up at her and goes, uh, can I have a cookie for the road? And she says, look, oh, oh, all right. Okay. One, one crawler. One crawler. And that's it. She has crawlers. This is a good bakery. Uh, yeah. Now, if you want to buy baked goods, you can also do that here, which is not going to give you give you any stat boosts, but it could be. You know. I'm not currently in the mood for pastries unless I know analysis. Oh, you guys haven't eaten in a while. A, a year by my math <laughs> <laughs> by my account yeah. yeah man my stomach is like really empty guys um i assumed we ate some kind of travel rations when we woke up you you did but it's like the afternoon now oh, that's true um i'll take uh i'm trying to think of like an old pastry i'll have some hardtack if you don't mind that's so beneath me i make high-end pastries i make pastries that nobles and kings and emperors eat uh, and I, I make some simple ones as well. I, I, I make for all audiences, but I don't make junk. Would you like a, a donut? Uh, a chocolate chip cookie? Would you like an expensive cookie? I just made a batch with uh, spicy fire gems from Rubella. I, if you can imagine a cookie, I could, I could even make it. I have a magical oven that cooks things instantly. I lean over to Rudolph. What's a chocolate chip? Make a history check. What is my history, real quick? It is You know zero. what? No, just make a raw up and down intelligence check for me. <laughs> intelligence? Great. That's still a 19. Okay, you are able to determine from context clues that it is a chocolate chip, exactly as the name says. <laughs> <laughs> um, ben, is there anything else um, for us to buy of value from this woman? Not, not in Flores Bakery. Then no. I'm going to... Okay. Uh, Insists that we press on. Yes. Can I get a dozen donuts to go? Oh yes, uh, absolutely. That's just a single gold for a dozen a dozen donuts. Do you want a variety? Just throw stuff in there. I'm, I've had a day. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll call it a variety. And she she tosses dead today. she tosses a dozen donuts in there, and there's just you you name it, and it's in there. Boston doesn't exist in this universe, as far as I know yet. Um, but there's like Boston cream and there's <laughs> glazed and there's apple donuts and there's it's it's just a, a great great assortment. You just you could just as Jet walks out, he looks like a homeless guy walking out of like a fine bakery with all these like exquisite beautiful pastries that are just getting stuffed in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, you are just chowing down on these donuts as, as we walk out. Peace leads you and this this is actually a fairly amusing sight because you guys are all still moving really quickly um like peace still has haste and you guys are still walking really quickly um which is good because you guys end up traveling for about an hour for this next one um like you guys go really far out into the junction you guys go in junction terms you go up and west 
in Junction terms, Peace explains to you that Carpal's Tunnel isn't the center of the junction. No one really knows where the center of the junction is, but it's kind of the de facto center of the junction. And all the really high-end boutiques at one end, that's the north end, and all kind of the some of the more cheap stuff at the other end is the south end. Um, and that kind of gives you a rough north, south, east, west. And then from there, there's also an up and down. And so he is leading you up and west of Carpal's Tunnel. And you go through... So we were leaving Carpal's Tunnel? I thought this was where the shops were. Uh, yeah, he's actually taking you somewhere else right now. He says, ah, I have, I have a place where you can fetch top dollar for that uh, worm meat. Oh, this is, this is going to be good. And he leads you up through a few various districts... Uh, and he leads you through places and he stops at certain places and says hi to some folks or negotiate safe passage through a certain area. And he brings you to an area that seems like it is chock full of artists. And he says, uh, this is the Patron District. Uh, this is where wealthy, wealthy people throw oodles and oodles of money at people who claim to be artists. And some of them really are, but there's just art everywhere. And they're always looking for things to inspire their art. And so this mind meat that you have, I think it would fetch an absolutely fantastic price with uh, Mr. Kepper. Uh, I haven't announced it to the world yet, so I guess this is my announcement to our podcast listeners. I'm writing a novel that runs parallel to this podcast, and I'm going to read you the description of the Patron District from the novel. Music is everywhere. There's violins, flutes, drums, gongs, voices of every possible tone and timbre. Seemingly infinite galleries displaying works of art. There was a hallway of lifelike portraits that moved and blinked, and the eyes really actually followed you, staring at you intently. There was a large hall with a short wall with a plaque that explained that the wall had been made out of sculptures of individual bricks that were made out of other bricks that had been broken down into bits and then made back into bricks. There was a room with a battle scene of a goblin war camp being attacked by a kobold raiding party made entirely out of bushes cut into the shapes of goblins and kobolds. Uh, and Peace says, uh, yeah, the, the, the artists, they're a weird sort. They are, um, well, the rumor is, is that they eat mostly mushrooms and um, they drink mostly things like hot chocolate and absinthe. <laughs> oh boy! So that's why I think that uh, Mr. Kepper is uh, going to be very excited about the the worm meat that makes your mind funny. I'm saying yes. Let's go. Let's meet this Mr. Kepper. But on the way as we go there, as we're walking through this district, is my hat getting eyed? <laughs> is my dashing hat getting eyed by many an artiste? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. As you walk by a particular artist who seems to be just painting in the middle of the street, he looks at you and says, Ah, oh, yeah, with your hat and your horns, I must paint you. I must paint you right now. And he starts, like, furiously, like, painting over whatever he was painting uh, to put down something on canvas that is you. Uh, you can't see what he's working on right now. Yeah, what do you do? How do you interact with that? Um... I appreciate the, uh, intensity, uh, but I must be going now. I might return, uh, but I would say if you would like my likeness in your painting, it will require a fee. I will give you, uh, 
10% of all proceeds from the sale of the painting. 35. Done. <laughs> I shall return. I must do something first, and then I shall return. Uh, no, no, no. You must, you must stand still for another two minutes. Uh... Go on ahead without me, gents. I'll I'll be here real quick. I will uh, I will follow Brunel's hat. All right. Now stand there and look t- slightly to the side and give me the big big cow eyes. Jet <laughs> will Jet will hang back and then just start make faces at, at Darren to try and get him to break. <laughs> um, Brunel, do you want to carry on by yourself? Not particularly, but... Okay, uh, Peace is like, well, you know, we're in no rush. Uh, yeah, go ahead, get your get your portrait taken. And, uh, okay, so I'm gonna roll a straight up and down luck check to see how good this painting actually is. Oh, boy! Ooh, that's a, that's a 19. It takes a little longer than that, it takes about five minutes. You look over, and there is this beautiful beautiful oil painting of Darren and you have never seen yourself look so compelling right your your fur gleams your horns seem sharper than they are in real life your dashing hat looks exceptionally dashing he says oh (laughs) this is perfect and I will display it in my next gallery showing you come you will come see me and when I have sold it I will give you your money Give me a time and place. Yeah. I don't know. You come back. You check in. <laughs> uh, where shall I find you then? Uh, my gallery is uh, in the Hall of the Oil Paintings. This is very original name. <laughs> and uh, in the hall, you will look for Bolkar. Bolkar is me. Bolkar. And you will okay. look for Bolkar's paintings. Okay, and I shall. I shall return and uh, as soon as I can. All right. Uh, after that, <laughs> you guys. So, uh, peace leads you only slightly further on, and there is a um, there is an artist's shop or an artist workshop sort of thing, uh, in which uh, you see a um, a tall, high elven figure who is using probably a mage hand to wield a brush without actually touching it as he is painting very, very intently a vase of dead flowers. And it seems like it's a, it's a pretty good painting, but as you enter, he turns and goes, Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, we're, uh, here, we're here with um, the, the, young, the young wood elf piece. We're here to uh, sell some Rather interesting delicacies that might be of interest. Oh my. I was waiting well. for it. <laughs> I I'm glad I'm glad the whoever that voice sounds vaguely like was something that was identifiable to some folks. I was I was literally I was gonna say I, I look at his painting and I say, <laughs> Oh my Uh and he he turns right back to you and says, Oh my who seems to be running this enterprise? I am Kepa, and this is my art studio. And you said you have potentially something for me? 
I, I go and I, I... Who's holding the bag of holding right now? I haven't pointed at it. I, I gesture at my hand to, like, have Jet give me the meat. And I just kind of hold up whatever, like, cut we have, like, in my hand. And be like, we have this, uh, trash worm meat that, uh, when consumed, opens your eyes to brand new possibilities. Um, that my, my gnome friend and I have, have tasted and seen exactly what it can do. And it is alarming to say the least. Well, now. You don't want to know the things I've seen, man. This meat will let you go where no man has gone before. (gasps) I'm Mm. so mad no one got my Enterprise joke. That was good. I liked it. It would certainly convince me a little more if you could demonstrate some of these things it has opened your mind to. You ready for this, Darren? He he says, uh, if if it is a destructive spell, here I will I will summon a target for you, and he summons seemingly out of thin air this little um, fluffy ball that has no no eyes or mouth or anything like that. It just seems like a, a fuzzball. Does it tremble at all in any way? Yeah, it makes little it makes little cooing sounds. Mine is a five foot. Uh, it says five foot rage, but it also says it erupts from me. So is, can I direct that, or am I just an AOE attack now? Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna like step away from people, but I'm just gonna be like, I guess I'm casting this now. So um, I'll roll to attack with wisdom. So we'll see how this goes. Word of radiance. Does a 16 hit? Yes, it does. It just Great. it gleams. And shines, and this thing dissipates. It, in the end, it was, you know, more illusion than an actual troublesome little creature. Yeah, it, 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 it burned. It caught fire quick. And Kepper looks over, and he says, "Oh, well, now, uh, that seems potent." So yes, uh, I will. Um, let but me wait till you see. can see what my friend can do. Oh, yes, please. And he summons another of these little fur balls. It's like, oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Darren, I wanted to say great job and I pat him on, on his leg since it's all like reaching a cast <laughs> and It's like the back of my, the back of my calf. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, that's a negative three plus three, so that's just a straight roll. That's still 17. Oh, nice. Against you, Darren. Oh. Against me? Oh, gosh! <laughs> Why would you do Okay. Um, <laughs> that yeah, is my class. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Um, We're at a perfectly good treble for you to hit. It's a 1d8 lightning damage, and that's an 8. <laughs> Darren, it's in, it's in your cult. How do you respond? Well, first of all, the fact that the back of my calf is now singed. And you can't take reactions, so you're basically like, you've just been tased. Or shocked. You've been shocked. <laughs> By Lathanda, why? Oh, oh, sorry, buddy. Uh, oh, man. Ah, yes. Oh, well. Well done, sir. I I applaud your comedic timing. I start patting out my leg and glaring at a jet. I would watch the two of you on a stage for hours on end. Uh, the slapstick is elegant. Uh, <sighs> yes, I am careful, I'm going very to interested in your worm meat. Let me see. I, I still have a little discretionary income from my patron. Uh, and he goes over into uh, a corner of the room and, and opens up a chest and says, Well, 
how does 150 gold sound to you? A piece. Oh, well, make a persuasion check. We fought a trash worm and nearly died. Does sound exciting. Um, I have a plus three to persuasion. Let's do this. Okay, yeah, make a persuasion check. <laughs> That's a 21. <laughs> we went through hell and high water and nearly died. Our wizard friend here, our educated man, nearly died twice over in that fight alone. Okay, you've twisted my arm. Can you really put a price on inspiration? Yes, 150 gold apiece. Um, and he starts counting out gold and gives you each 150 gold. 865. <laughs> I just passed a thousand. All right, Peace leads you back through the Patron District, and he actually starts heading almost directly down. You guys go down. Are we still walking or like we going down like a slide? Uh, there is a slide. Yeah. Uh, it's not as big as the slide you first went on, but it, yeah, there's a slide that takes you down and it takes you a, a good ways down. And he brings you to this large cavern that looks like a cave. It looks like it's been hewn out of some kind of natural rock, even though you have no idea what kind of natural rock would exist in the junction. And you see tents in various sizes, all in black, but with auras of color like an oil slick. And you hear the noises of a carnival. You hear tinny music. You hear shouting and laughing and cursing. Uh, You see various fires and fireworks shooting in all sorts of different directions. And peace leads you directly into this carnival. Uh, You walk by and there's uh, an audition going on uh, where there's a a talking bear uh, who's talking to a man behind a desk. And he goes, well, I can talk. And the guy behind the desk says, look, man, uh, talking beers are like a, just just a dime a dozen. Uh, this is the junction, man. You want a talking chair? Maybe that would be a thing. But talking beers, we, we have so many talking. Look, can you sing? Well, I I can sing pre- pretty well. Uh, well, maybe, maybe we'll give you lessons. Uh, look, we have a choir of singing animals. Uh, and we need we need a pretty good bass singer ever since the elephant quit. So if if you want to be part of like the all animal rendition of Sullivan Gilbert's classic old fashioned Lieutenant General, okay, we'll give you a trial run, and then we'll we'll see how it goes. Like if you do well enough, yeah, maybe we'll bring you on board. And he walks past this scene and others like it. There are talking animals there are people swallowing swords there's a person that you see who looks like he's you know making this entire large cart disappear and you you can't tell how he's doing it because it doesn't look like there's any actual magic going on uh it's it's weird Uh, and he takes you uh through about half of this carnival to a station where there is a man throwing daggers at a target. And he is just clustering them around the bullseye. And he looks over at you guys and goes, Ooh, hey there. You guys are with peace. I like peace. I'm Crazy Kazar. What do you want? Uh, You look like my kind of fellow. You like, uh, you like, uh, and brain, Jet's brain just just blanks. 
being a cool guy? <laughs> That's like the only thing I like. Hey, brother. And he gives you like the gladiator clasp wrist to wrist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he um, says, yeah, well, uh, what's up? I got this guy some... seems like a real like... macho man. <laughs> well, yeah, I will admit to a little bit of, uh, well, natural testosterone. Absolutely barbaric, man. One might even say savage. savage. But we respect women, right, pal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. We respect everybody. You know, uh, and women tend to be, uh better for the performing act because the dudes always get scared when the dagger goes between their legs. <laughs> well, um, we happen to be in a, a, a surplus of daggers, if you'd like some. So, uh, if you'd be interested. Oh, well, let me see what you've got. And I pull up, the jet pulls out the big pack of 100 said, Nick, this... This baby can fit so many daggers in him, I think there's probably a lot of them in there. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been meaning to go to the Shoplex universe and pick up some more daggers. Uh, you just saved me a trip, so I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a... <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll give you a little above the going right. This, this box of daggers would probably cost about 60 gold. I'll give you a 66. Hold on, I have to do math now. Uh, okay. Um, don't look up what a dagger costs uh, in d and I don't care, I'm making this up. Jet honestly does not even think he's just, just like, hey, sounds a good idea to me, man. <laughs> I now have 888. That's a fortuitous number. It's a very lucky number in some cultures. You be careful, man. Don't get too, don't get uh, poked too much by daggers, right? Know what I mean, man? Yeah. Oh, there's no real poking, you know. I uh, I throw them into the wood, and I never hit the person. Never, almost never hit the person who I'm throwing around. You added a qualifier there. What's almost mean? Oh, I mean, no one's perfect. <laughs> no one died. <laughs> Yeah, true. Hey, hey, get it, get up, get up. can I give it a go? Here, here, let me get up there and then th- throw it at me. I, I can take it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All right. And uh, he says, well, we're open for business, so how's about this? Uh, you and I put on the show, and uh, I'll give you some of the tips. How's about that? Oh, there's a whole gig? Oh, man, let's... Let's go. Let's go for it. You okay with this, guys? Go for it, man. He stands up on a crane and says, Come on! Come one! Come all! This man is tiny, but he has got a heart as big as mine. I'm going to throw the daggers within a hair's breadth of this man. And uh, a small crowd starts to gather. This gnome? And, uh, I mean, you're a male gnome. I guess, yeah. Yeah, but like, man gnome, does man. kind of refer to human. That's fair. I all right, this gnome then. Smaller target, harder to almost miss. I mean, almost hit. That one. <laughs> all right, uh, and he stands you up on uh, a barrel in front of this target, so you're directly in front of the bullseye. All right, let's uh, let's make some attack throws. <laughs> He's got some crazy bonuses to this. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm, I'm watching quite happily because uh, 
he just shocked me in the leg, and I'm like, I won't mind seeing some blood right now, as long as it's not lethal. <laughs> His first roll was a 26. Uh, Jet, it whizzes right next to you and is like almost touching your ear, but not quite. Which the better he rolls, the less like he is to hit. I'm going to say, you, you make... Oh, what would this be? I would say I will let you make a constitution or a wisdom saving throw to see if you flinch. With advantage. Because, like, you signed up for this. This is your tough guy act. Okay. He's, like, oh, he's so in the zone. Say 15. Yeah, you don't flinch. You don't flinch at all. Uh, and he rolls again. Yeah. This one goes a little wide. It's not very close. It doesn't hit you. But it's not impressively close either. So he goes, all right, this one. This one's for all the marbles. Watch me get it. Okay, he rolls a 22. It, like, shaves a slight furrow in your hair. Like, you you just got a little bit of a haircut. He says, all right, man. You seem pretty sturdy. You want to go for one last one? Give it to me. Oh, boy. Ah, that's a 25. Yeah, it goes like right next to your neck. So close to your your artery right there. Um, it is right there. Yeah, make a constitution check to see if you flinch. Oh, 22. Oh, nice. Brilliant. Uh, he says, ah, what a great participant. Oh, yeah. He's like the cream. He <laughs> rises to the top. Um and he, uh, you hop down from the barrel, and uh, he passes the hat and picks up some some coins. Uh, and all told, it's it's like eight silver pieces, and he gives you two of them. Hey, thanks, man. I give him a big gladiator class. Yeah, thanks, thanks, man. You're a cool guy. Keep it up. Anytime, man. We cool guys gotta stick together. All right, yeah. You're not shocking him. Like, what'd you say? And I touched him again, and I and he zaps him again. <laughs> zaps Stop me! Fur! Sorry! Oh! Like, grabbing my calf again. Like, Alright, Peace now turns to you guys and says, Well, I think that was pretty much everything you wanted to sell, right? Yes, we're keeping the ladders. Yeah, well, you know, they're not really sellable. No one wants a broken ladder. That is true, but we can make bridges. We could go to a pawn shop, maybe? Or we could go to the part of the episode, breaking the fourth wall a little bit, where you start buying things. Would you like to do that? Yes. Okay. So at this point, you guys tell me what you want to buy, and I will see how quickly I can make up a brand new shop out of whole cloth. You do know that Useful Doodads and Magical Gear uh, proprietor Philip A. Satchel is a shop that you've been at before, which had some magical doodads. I guess we'll go to that, that magic item place and see what I can find. Any, anyone else have any objections? Sounds good to me. We'll head back to Carpel's Tunnel then. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go from shop to shop. Uh, Peace guides you back to Carpel's Tunnel. Uh, it takes you a while. It's like evening now. Uh, you guys are getting pretty hungry. Uh, he says, hey, why don't we, why don't we stop and have a, have a bite to eat somewhere? Where do you want to, where do you want to eat? What's, what strikes your fancy? What food do you like? I wouldn't mind a steak. Okay. There's Carl's Steaks. Do they have vegetarian options? Not at Carl's Steaks. Uh, but next to it is uh, Leonard's Leaves, and they've got a great salad. Sounds good to me, unless anyone else has any objections. Anybody want a donut? I'll take a donut. Do you have any left? <laughs> have you, have you, uh, did you eat them all on the way to the, the artisan? There's like half one left. It's like, here you go, buddy. I saved a bit for you. Thanks. 
All right, you guys get to Carpal's Tunnel, and there's multiple food court areas, and he takes you to uh, a little bistro called Carl's Steaks, and he sits you down, and Carl comes over and says, Hello, I'm, I'm Carl. I'm assuming you want a steak since you're here. Uh, how would you like that cooked? Your options are rare, medium rare, and raw. <laughs> I'll go with the rare sirloin. Uh, excellent. All right, and uh, for you, sir, he looks at Chet. Uh, hold on a second. Darren, are you sure? I feel like I got something from that worm meat stuff that made me think a bit more, but, like, aren't you a cow? As I've said before, I have no relation to Okay. Yeah, Carl doesn't even bat an eye at a at a minotaur at, at a ordering minotaur a cow requesting steak. a steak. <laughs> he didn't specify it was a beef steak. He just said it was a steak. And I asked for a sirloin, so I asked for a sirloin of any creature. All right then. Which whatever one looks the most red. Hmm. An excellent choice. He brings out you know a, a short while later these. These steaks did not spend much time on the grill. Uh, he brings out a short while later a bright red haunch of meat for you, Jet, and goes, uh, that'll be five gold. Seems expensive, but this is a um, uh, this is a bit of red dragon. Oh! Very, very pricey, but this is this is a little bit of the ribeye cut of red dragon. And uh, your sirloin, sir, comes from a mammoth. And it is this huge cut of meat. I says, well, I, th- I think Mammoth is, you know, my personal favorite. Uh, and that'll be two gold. All right. Happily paid. As I hand the gold to him, I just look look at Ronald and said, didn't people fight these things at home? Jeez. That was an illusion, but still, yes. Um, Runel, you pop over to Leonard's Leaves. And uh, you see it's kind of like Chipotle style. You get to pick what's on your salad sort of thing. And there's a, um, a very chipper looking young lady saying, Hello. Um, hi. Hi. Uh, would you like a salad? I would. What would you like on your salad? We have almost anything you could wish for on a salad that's made from plants. Um, I will have, I guess, a spinach and kale base with some quinoa and jicama and um, a raspberry vinaigrette dressing. Absolutely! Uh, would you like some uh, plant-based cheese? She uses air quotes. Product with that. Peas? Uh, a cheese, you know, but not from milk. Oh, I'm not vegan. I'm I'm just vegetarian. I can have the real stuff. You eat something that comes from animals? Oh, shame on you. <laughs> As we alienate a whole section of our audience. Look, I'm not saying you need to make fun of her. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this. She's just a very very fervent vegan. They exist in every universe. Yeah. Who are they? They'll let you know. Anyway. Uh, she makes you your salad and says, oh, that'll be one silver piece. I pay it. All right, you you take it. And it's funny, this both of these restaurants kind of share a seating area, but most people aren't anywhere near each other in the seating areas. They're kind of, you notice there's some dirty looks being given from one side to the other side where some people are chewing down on literally raw meat. And some other people are looking aghast and honestly a little sick as they, you know, eat their arugula salads. And they're right into the table that's like cut right in between the two with just jet on one side and 
Rune on the other. Exactly that. And you guys enjoy a meal. And it's fantastic. All right. The mammoth meat is seared perfectly. The red dragon has a spice to it that is absolutely fantastic. Not overpowering, but it's, you can tell that it's utterly unseasoned, but it has flavor as if it had been roasted in the fires of heaven. And Runel, it's a very nice salad. It's exactly what you asked for. And the, the raspberry vinaigrette, you can tell, is made from some very, very fine fresh raspberries. Wonderful. Um, you guys all feel a little better. Did I actually consume, like, this huge mammoth steak? Make a constitution check. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm about to say. Oh, boy. That's a 13. You don't finish it. It wounds your pride. You get to like the last two ounces of this like 30 ounce cut of steak and you are unable to finish the last two ounces. Oh man. Uh, Jet, you only had like a like a 16 ounce steak. You finished that easily. But yeah, Darren can't quite finish. Can I get a box? <laughs> Yet he was eating like a part somewhat cooked meal and Jet was just eating, literally just came off the bone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I would say doesn't seem safe, but, you know, he's eating worse. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, beef tartare is the thing. <laughs> dragon tartare, I guess. This is dragon tartare. Um, which, like, no one's batting an eye at the fact that dragons are people, sentient people. But apparently this one died and was turned into meat. Some things you just don't want to talk about. Um, Carl brings you a little folded paper box and says, Yeah, most people can't finish that one. You did really well, though. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I will say that mechanically speaking this full delicious meal gives you each inspiration so please mark off in your character sheets you have inspiration to be used to give yourself advantage in some future chapter <gasps> i still have a point of inspiration now i have a plus two i've had a point of inspiration that i haven't used for no point of inspiration gives you advantage which also if you already have a point of inspiration that you hasn't you that you haven't used it doesn't stack so you still have a point of inspiration. Yeah. That should teach you to use your inspiration. All right, Peace says, Peace, Peace looks at your last two ounces of mammoth and goes, uh, you can eat that. Yeah, go for it. Thanks. Uh, and he kind of wolfs it down with some relatively sharp looking teeth. So yeah, he eats that down and says, all right, uh, okay. Uh, so we're looking for the magic shop first. Yes, yes sir. Sure. Says, okay, um, yeah, right over here. And he leads you down a fairly familiar uh, catwalk, and it takes you to Useful Two Dads in Magical Gear with a sign that says, Proprietor, Philip A. Satchel. Uh, and you pop in, and he says, Oh, hey there. Oh, oh. Well, it's good to see you guys uh, again, right? You guys were working for the professor a while back, yeah? How you doing? Doing quite all right. How are you? I'm doing just dandy, don't you know? Uh, yeah, so, uh, what can I, uh, do you for? Hey, hey, fella, I'm looking for some, I'm looking for something else that to, uh, keep the old muscles protected. You got some sort of armor you can use? Maybe something with magic on it? Oh, hey, well, uh, there's, um, hmm, there's a few things I've got here. Oh, I've, I've got a new one here. So this one's called the, uh... To armor a spring heel jack. And uh, this in here uh, allows you to fall. And if you land on your feet, uh, it negates up to like 10 points of falling damage. So, yeah, boots, boots a spring heel jack with uh, 
well, it's not the boots of Spring Hill Jack. It's the full armor of Spring Hill Jack. It's um this cool looking suit, mostly chainmail, a uh, little bit of plate here and there on the elbows. So yeah, so it's it'll what it'll do is it'll it'll function as uh, chainmail armor, but it will allow you to negate ten points of whatever falling damage you take. Gotcha. Or right, is the rest of my party okay with? Me um, having disadvantage on stealth checks because of clink, 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 clink. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. That's pretty good, man. How? Oh, oh, how much? That? How much you go for that? That there will be. Uh, hmm. I mean, it's pretty expensive, so we'll go with uh, 400 gold. Oh, that's uh, that's like I could get. I can meet you at 350. Well, how about we say 375? Hey, now nah, you know you're a reasonable guy. Let's let's go for that. All right, 375. And the armor's yours. All right, uh, Joe, want something? I have two items. I was looking for one, a uh, a ring of water walking. Oh, I got one of those. Because I had some quite nasty spills in uh, the trash universe that I'd like to avoid. And the other one is, do you have any elven chain? Because I hear there's a uh, effective, no matter what your proficiency with armor might be. Oh, boy, hecky, I got, uh... I got Elven Chain, but that'll cost you. Yeah, that's gonna be about you know four or five thousand gold. That's that's a lot. You got four or five thousand gold? Not yet, but I'll come back for it. I'm I've got my eye on it. Um, however, that Ring of Water Walking. Do you have that one in stock? Oh yeah, I got one of those for like two hundred and fifty. Two twenty-five. Nah, that's that's just a standard price. I don't haggle for those. Two fifty. Fine. Two fifty. Ha! Oh man, you're a rube. I would have haggled for that, but yeah, 250. Here we go. Here's your ring of water walking. <laughs> now I'm like, eh. it's all right. I'm hey all right, man, yeah. it's you want to buy something else? Maybe I'll haggle for that one. And uh, how about you, Mr. Wizard? Can I can I interest you in something? Well, I'm looking. Ideally, I would find something that would let me cast more spells. Uh, so if you have any, you know, staffs or wands or things with spells already stored in them. Um, Anything you would recommend? Uh, well, for a for a large fee, like 800 gold, I've got this blank wand that you can charge up with up to three second-level spells a day. Do I have to already know the spells? Yeah, you got to put the spells in there. You can take an unused spell slot for the day up to, up to second level, first to second level, and you can store it in the wand for the next day. So if you don't use all your spell slots that day, you can take some spell, you can cast a spell in the thing. You gotta choose the spells. It's not just a free spell slot. You can put the spells in the wand and three spells the next day, you can just cast. I, this guy's getting more and more in New York every minute. <laughs> yeah, I Little bit. catch that. Oh boy, yucky! Oh yeah. So you can just kind of take that there wand there, and uh, at the at the end of every day, you can. Uh, oh yeah, you can just put uh, put up the up the three second level spells in here. How's that sound? He immigrated from Canada to New York. I like it. I like it. Could you do it for seven hundred? Ooh, all right. You like the haggle there? Um, look, I'll. This one's this one's big. Eight seventy-five. Didn't you just say 800 a second ago? Uh, I guess I did. Yeah, 775. See All right. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Man, I, I just... Everyone everyone ends up becoming a Long Islander. I don't know what it is. 
Anyway, he says, oh yeah, here you go. Here's your here's your one, man. Well done. Yeah, that, that, that was some decent haggling. And do you have any... Do you have any spell scrolls? Oh, yeah. Uh, just market price for those. So I know it cost me 50 to copy it into my book. Do I have to pay for the scroll itself too? Uh, yeah. It's, it's like 10 gold for the spell. All right. Do you have counter spell perchance? Mmm. Mmm. Now that's a popular one. That's going to run you... That's going to run you like 25 gold. How about 20? 24. 22. 23 and a silver. You went the wrong way. I know you didn't. I went the wrong way. 23 and a silver? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 23 and a silver. Okay. I Guys, I'm, I'm so sorry there. I'm just having yeah, an existential crisis. I got a... I was, I was cursed uh, by uh, uh, just a rogue wizard, you know... My brother, who like apparently I ate in the womb or something like that, he um he comes out sometimes. So sorry, sorry if my voice keeps changing around. <laughs> <laughs> We're both pretty good hagglers though. So 20, 23 and a silver. That 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 work. Sold. All right, there you go. We'll do counter spell. How much gold does each of you have left? I have like six hundred gold. About four hundred. I have two two hundred nineteen left. Okay. There, there could be other shops, too. I mean, this is, like, one of the most useful ones, but... Do you have, uh, the Dagger of Venom? Uh, you can use an action to coat the blade, the black blade, uh... An action? Wait, yeah. Yeah, you can use an action, uh, to cause, uh, poison to coat the blade. Uh, the poison remains for one minute or until an attack using this weapon hits a creature. So, like, I have to use one action prior to swinging it okay. to use it. Uh, and that creature must succeed a DC 15 constitution saving throw or take 2d10 poison damage and become poisoned for one minute. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a special on those. Those are uh, 350. Uh, wait, 350? Oh, I almost have enough for two. I will I will stick with one for now. Thank you. Why would you want two? Double the poison. You can't. I can throw one of them. You can't. Okay. This, is, this was a lengthy, lengthy discussion in one of the early podcasts that like got me really exposed to D&D, you cannot be double poisoned. Fair enough. Yeah, as as in D&D, as in real life, in D&D as in real life, dual wielding is seldom efficient for anything. Yeah, that's fair. Unless you become really, really good at it. Unless you become really, really good at it. And that's your it. thing. Yeah. What about a hat of wizardry? Uh, what does the hat of wizardry do? You can try to cast a cantrip that you don't know. The cantrip must be on the wizard spell list, and you make a DC 10 arcana check. If it succeeds, you can cast the spell. If it fails, so does the spell, and the action used to cast the spell is wasted. In either case, you can't use this property again until you finish a long rest. So once per day, I make a DC 10 arcana check to cast a cantrip that I don't know. Ooh, yeah, had a wizardry there. Uh, yeah, I got one of those. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that'll run you about 400 gold. Hmm. Could you do it for 219 gold? Ooh, nah, couldn't do it, couldn't do it less for then. Three, 320. Ah, I'm coming up short there, friend. I'll be back, though, for that hat of wizardry. Well, I'll, I'll probably still have it in stock unless someone bought it. Sorry, that was my brother coming out there for a little bit. Question about two different things. Did you might happen a 
I heard, thought I heard it called something like that. A, a, a rod that, like, you click a button and then it doesn't move. A, a, a movable rod. And oh, a, maybe a, a hammer that, like, you throw it. You throw it and then it comes back to you. Like, you know, it kind of makes you look like you're a Thor or something. Uh, whoever that is. Oh, yeah. I uh, I got one of them hammers. That's about 400 The movable rod is about 500 though. A little more expensive. Uh, 400 uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, DM, it does, the rules as written, it requires attunement by a dwarf for a dwarven thrower. You have the belt of dwarven kind. I will allow that. Hey, and now I'll take it, sir. And now Jet is broke again. <laughs> Jet is only able to count his money when his money is zero. And even then he struggles. All right. Um... If you guys are done spending, at this point, you have given me the great gift that I haven't had to make any new shops up on the spot. But here we go. You guys have received uh, a great deal of magical benefits. Anyway, so P says, uh, well, oh, all right, guys. Uh, if, if this was a one-stop shop, fantastic. Uh, I'll take you back to the professor uh, for a well-earned night of sleep. Uh, and he guides you back to the professor's compound and he leads you back to your suite. You guys are each able to go to your rooms. You guys take turns taking long, hot baths and showers. Uh, you feel clean. After a universe of junk, you feel great. You don some fresh clothes and you fall asleep for the night. Each of you with your own thoughts. All right, guys, we'll call the episode there. Uh, thanks, guys, for being great players. Thanks, listeners, for being great listeners. As always, thank you to my wife for letting me play Dungeons & Dragons as a hobby. Uh, you guys have all been pretty great. 